Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. As I begin to read the scripture, I want to do a little background and let you know that we're, there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Naaman who actually had a leprosy which is a skin disease that where it's very contagious and it's where there, there was no cure in his day and it's basically where the flesh would rot off of your bone like a gangrene basically and so people were afraid to be around him and so I'm going to read to you just a portion of this this story and then I'm going to go back and tell it uh, to you after this so 2nd Kings chapter 5 begin reading in verse number 13 it says Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophets had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. As the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. Would you do me a favor now? Would you just hold your hands out like this? And would you repeat this prayer from your heart with me? Dear God, I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We've been talking about forgiveness. Matter of fact, I've written a book because I can't say everything that I want to say to you in 30 minutes. So I've written a book, and matter of fact, it's thin because men read thin. So uh, if you've not, I want to give you a copy, but if you've not, uh, uh, if, you've re- if you've got a copy, then I want you to purchase a copy and give it to somebody else. They're $10 a piece. But again, we want to get this message out. And of course, the book is Forgiveness, How to Forgive What You Can't Forget. And there's a lot of things that I'm, I can't share with you that I'm preaching on that I wrote in the book. So, and particularly this story that I'm talking about today, there's a lot of details in the book. This morning, I want to remind you that forgiveness, we've said forgiveness is not forgetting. If I could forget, I would not need to forgive. Because when you say, I forgive somebody, you still have the thought about what they've done to you. It comes back into your mind. Amen, everybody? Am I by myself? All right, so there was three of us. Anybody else that that happens to? Okay, yes, it should, all of us. So, so, forgive, so when I say I forgive someone, what I'm, what I'm saying is this, is that I choose to release the feelings of hurt, anger, resentment every time that thought comes to my mind. I release it. I have to make that choice every time that thought comes to my mind. That's what forgiveness is. That's why Jesus told his disciples that, listen, you don't just forgive seven times a day. You forgive 490 times a day. What he was saying is that you have to forgive a lot of times because those thoughts keep coming. And it's amazing how that begins to work. Now today, there's three, there's three words that we are saying together 
And they're, on this, they're coming on the screen that we've been saying throughout this series. And let's say them together now. You ready? Come on. I choose forgiveness. Let's say that again. I choose forgiveness. I'm choosing to release the feelings of anger and hurt, resentment when they come my way. Now, today, today I'm going to talk to you about a topic I've never heard anybody talk about. And it even, it even feels very odd to say what I'm going to say. But today I want to talk to you about forgiving God. I've never heard a sermon on it. I've never heard anybody say it, so I decided that I would write about it and teach you about it because I think it's very important. And so remember what forgiveness is, everybody. When we say forgiveness of God, what are we doing? We're releasing the feelings of disappointment, anger, and hurt that we may be holding toward God. And so it's very, very important. So today I want to, I want to share with you three things about how to do that. We're going to go to the story of Naaman to do that. Now, again, Israel has been captured. And that, that this guy, there's a servant girl that has been taken captive as a, as a slave that we're going to read about just in a moment. So let me go and give you point number one. We'll get into the story. Number one is this. If you're going to forgive God, you must speak about your faith in God. I know that doesn't make any sense right now, but it will. As you look at 2 Kings, again, we go into 2 Kings 5, verse number 1. It says, Naaman was a commander of the Syrian army. Now, notice this next statement. The who, everybody? The Lord. The, Lord. Who, the who, everybody? The Lord. the Lord had helped him and his troop defeat their enemies. Now, watch this. So, the king of Syria respected Naaman very much. Naaman was a brave soldier, but he had leprosy. Again, the skin disease that was very contagious. One day while in Syria, one day while the Syrian troops were raiding who, everybody? Okay, God's people. Now you see that. Now it said the Lord had helped them. And now they're invading, they're raiding Israel. They captured a girl and she became a servant of Naaman's wife. Now I don't know if you just seen what happened there, but Israel was in rebellion against God. They were disobeying him. Their leaders were disobeying God, leading people false, uh, to false gods and so forth. So God withdrew his hand of blessing. And when he did, when God withdrew his hand of blessing, it was very easy for the enemies to come and take advantage of Israel. Why? Because we need the favor of God in our lives. Amen, everybody? Amen. Listen, those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, that you have the favor of God, you have something that other people don't have. You have, a, you have a blessing over your life, a favor over your life, and there's so many things that the devil wants to do to you that you have no idea because God has stopped him. Amen, Amen everybody? Yeah. He stopped him because you have the favor of God. And so God removed that favor, and the enemy come in. Then they captured in the process because these people, these leaders had false, led the people of Israel and the, these false gods and so forth, this young lady was a servant of God. She loved God, but yet she got captured. And can't you hear her begin to say, why me? God, I've served you. I've been faithful to you. And yet now I've been brought into captivity. And when she was brought into captivity, that means that she was taken out of her land as a young lady, away from all of her family, knowing nobody, into captivity to be a prisoner. Now, let me just tell you something. That doesn't make sense. And that is setting a heart up 
for a wound to have unforgiveness against God. Amen, everybody? Are you tracking with me now? And so now what I want you to notice is this, is that in the next verse, verse number five, look what happens here. Would you read out loud with me those first three words? Let's read them. You ready? Sometime later. So she'd been captured. She'd become a slave. And she had this resentment. I believe she had this resentment toward God. So that's why the scripture bears out these next three words, those three words, sometime later. Sometime later, the girl said, if your husband Naaman would go to the prophet in Samaria, he would be what, everybody? He'd be cured. He'd be healed of his leprosy. What I want to tell you, stop right here and tell you that sometime had to pass. Because when you have something tragic, some tragedy happen in your life, something tragic that happens in your life, and you don't understand it, many times in the moment you will say things that you would never say before. Amen, everybody? You will do things that you normally wouldn't do because when you're hurting, you do stupid things. Amen, everybody? That's why we say hurting people hurt people. And so this young lady, in the, in the immediate times, she didn't, probably didn't even want to pray. She probably was like so disgusted because how could God allow this to happen? And the Bible says that after some time had passed, she began to tell Naaman's wife, the lady that she served, if your husband wants to be healed, there is a man of God in Israel and there is a God of Israel. Amen, everybody? What I want to share with you is this, is that God knows when we're hurting that sometimes we choose not to be close to him, but he chooses to be close to us anyways. Psalm 34, 18, one of my favorite passages, look what it says. The Lord is close to who, everybody? The brokenhearted and saves those who are what? Trust in spirit. What I want you to know is this is that even though you may be mad at God because something horrible just happened to a family member, happened to you, and you just may be mad at him, it doesn't matter. God says you can be brokenhearted, but I'm going to be right there with you. In other words, you can curse me out, you can call me all kinds of names, but it doesn't scare me and it's not going to run me away because I know you're hurting and I'm going to be there. And what I want to tell you is that when you're hurting and when you're crushed in spirit, whether you want God there or not, He's there. He's there. He's there. We see this. What I want to, oh man, this is so good. When we're hurting, we speak from our hurt. But when we finally come to the reality of life, it's what's in our heart that matters. This young lady spoke from her hurt when she was first captured. She never said anything about her God. But after some time had passed and she began to heal, she stopped speaking from her hurt and she started speaking from her heart. Because thank God from my heart knows that God is God no matter how I feel or what's happening in my life. My heart knows that, amen? My head may argue, my mouth may say things that that my brain has produced, but deep in my heart I know that God is God. And in in the book of Job, Job, the man who went through so much, as, as you read the book of Job, when I first got saved, I thought the book of Job. I didn't know. That's an old J-O-B. That's job. I want one. Where? No, no, no. Job. Okay. So in the book of Job, we know that God, how did all these bad things happen to Job? 
for no reason, seemingly. And Job began to argue with God. He began to talk from his hurt. His hurt! He began to argue with God. He's, he said, bring God down right now. I want to see him face to face and tell me what I did wrong. But as Job began to talk and he got all that off his chest, all of a sudden his heart began to speak. And look what the Bible says. Job said this, I know that my what, everybody? Redeemer. My Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see who? I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. Now, here it is, everybody. Look what happens. How my what, everybody? Heart. Yearns within me. It is amazing how that even though you've said some stuff, you've done some stuff and hurt, how that God begins in your heart to work inside of your heart and you can never get away from your heart. Amen, everybody? It's what you believe, and that's why the Bible says to be saved, you've got to believe in your heart, not in your mind. Because your mind is always going to drift and think all these crazy thoughts, but in my heart, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen? I want to tell you something. It's hard to feel good about somebody that you keep talking bad about. You will never, people say, well, you know, in my marriage, I, I just want things to get better between my husband or my wife. Well, listen, as long as you go to work on Monday and badmouth them, then it's never going to get better. As long as you're talking to your BFF about how bad your spouse is, it's never going to get better. And in and, 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 and relationships between parents and child, you know, p- children say, I wish my relationship were better with my parents. Well, listen, as long as you keep talking to all your friends about how bad your parents are, it's never going to get better. Amen, everybody? Never gets better. Even with God. When we go around talking bad about God, our relationship never gets better with God. And you feel distant. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, I don't ever talk bad about God. No, no, maybe you don't talk bad about it, but you're always talking about what he didn't do. God never answers my prayers. Have you ever heard anybody say that? God let my family member die. God let this happen to me. And all those things we're talking negative about God. You will never feel good about God when you're talking bad about him. And so what I want to challenge you to do today is stop the negative talk about God. You got to let your heart catch up to your brain. Amen, everybody. You ever notice those people that just shoot their mouth off before they think? When, and they say, well, well, they didn't engage their mind before they engaged their mouth. That's right. Well, I'm telling you, the child of God, why don't you engage your heart before you engage your mouth? Well, this I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm trying to help you today because too many times we give the devil a lot more credit than we do God. So I want to help you take a step. And I'm praying that everybody turns one of these cards in today because we got to pray over you. And the first step is this, is I will stop talking about the things in my life that God didn't do. Would you check the box? Okay, I got to move on. I got to move on because you're like, oh, please 
getting worse. It's going to get better. I got to open the wound before we can heal the wound. Got to get the infection out. What's our three words that we're saying through this series, everybody? I choose forgiveness. So we got to start speaking good about God. Number two is this, is choose to release any hurt feelings you have toward God. Now, going back into the story, so this girl tells Naaman's wife, if he'll go to Israel, my God there can help him. There's a prophet in, in, in Israel that can help him. And if he'll just go there. And so Naaman begins, Naaman thought, okay, there's nothing else I can do. My flesh is rotting off my body. Why not try it? And so sure enough, he gets an entourage and he goes to, into Israel. And he finds the prophet of God, finds out where he lives. And so he goes to his house and he goes there and says, hey, okay, Elisha, I'm here. And Elisha never comes to the door. Never comes to the door. He sends a servant out and says, listen, if you'll just go down to that dirty river right down there, the Jordan, and you'll just dip yourself down seven times, when you come up, you'll be healed. Now watch what the response of Naaman is to the man of God. Look what it says. 2 Kings 5, 11. But Naaman went away how, everybody? Whew, sound like us when God doesn't do what we think he ought to do. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not rivers of Damascus better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I washed in them and been cleansed? Now, would you read this last sentence out loud with me with a little attitude? You ready? Here we go. So he turned and went off in a... A rage. How about you when God doesn't do things that you think he should do? When God doesn't answer your prayer in the time that you think he should and in the way that you think he should, what do you do? Many times we do exactly what Naaman did is we turn and we go out in a rage. And when that happens, something happens I want to show you. I'm going to go back over to my board here. Wow. Let's clean this off a little better here. Clean him up. He didn't want to clean up too good, so you got to look over it, all right? <laughs> here we go. So, do n I am not an artist, everybody. People made fun of my heart last time. They told me bad things about it. I'm going to try to do better this time. Okay, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I did the, did the best I could. We talked about this heart, and what I want to show you is this, is that when you have a prayer that's not answered the way that you think it should be, then you have a tendency to get resentment in your heart toward God. In other words, when he didn't do it the way you think he should, in the timely manner that you think he should, all of a sudden we begin to have this unforgiveness. Remember, we said forgiveness is releasing the feelings of disappointment, anger, hurt, and resentment. And, there, and Naaman began to walk around with this. He was mad. And he walked around and said, I, you know what? I could have done this other. I could have went into the waters in my own country. And he had this resentment. 
And you, my friend, when God doesn't answer your prayer the way you think he should, or when something happens that you prayed about, you prayed that God, that my family member would not die and they die anyway, or you feel like that, you know, that you prayed that your child would, would not have this issue and they have it anyway. When you have prayers that are unanswered, that you've, you've done all the right things, you checked all the boxes in your life, you said, you know what, I went to church, I raised my kids in church, you know, I paid my tithes, I prayed, I did everything, I checked all the boxes, and still this happened in my life, then you get this. You have this, and you hold on to it. And see, the Bible says the, the greatest commandment is this. Look what it says. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your what, everybody? And with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. What I want to tell you is that there is no way that you can love God with all your heart as long as you're holding on to unforgiveness against him. And there's so many of us in this room, there's so many of us watching online right now that secretly you're mad at God. You're holding on because there's an unanswered prayer. There's something that's happened in your life that you still say, why did he let that happen? Why did he protect me from that? And you're holding on to that unresentment. And you were never going to be healed until you let it go. Can I ask you a question right now? Every one of you, every one of you that are online, what are you holding on to? If the truth is known, you could write it right here because you got it. You got it. And today, I want to tell you that you I want to challenge you today to release the resentment. Release the resentment. The third thing I want to share with you is this. Number three is make your move back toward God. This is so powerful. Let me tell you something. The reason I put that black spot up on that heart is because you can never get over something you're unwilling to admit that you have. Until you admit it that, you know, the truth of the matter is, God, I do have this little bit of mm against you. You can never get over it. Look at number three. Make your move back to God. 2 Kings 5, 13. So Naaman's servant goes, a servant goes to him. David's servant went to him and said, my father, if the prophets had told you to do some great things, would you have not done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Even though he did not understand God's plan and it made no sense to him, he finally made his move back to God. We don't know how much time elapsed before he actually made that decision. 
But I'm telling you that you're healing and everything that you need is not a move away from God, it's a move toward God. Even in his word, things that don't make sense to you that you may not agree with and you're like, you know, I don't understand that, why that, why that, why that? But I can tell you every time that you make a move back to God toward his word, there's a miracle in the making. There's a miracle in the making. Now, I want to tell you my story. I became a Christian when I was 15 years old. I gave my life to Christ. I became a pastor when I was, uh, the pastor of this church when I was 26. I've been the person that, you know, man, legalistic, you would say, because I, I believe in the power of prayer. I, every morning at 530, I'm up praying, reading my Bible for me, not for you, for me. A tither, man, I've been, man, I'm a legalistic tither. I, I get $10 on my birthday, God gets a dollar of it. I'm just that way. That's just who I am. I believe in doing what God says to do. And all of my life, I've been like that. But there was something wrong. I share with you many times that when I was about 39 years of age, I was so depressed because everything in my life was going south. Rhonda and I's marriage was not doing good. Relationship with my children wasn't doing good. And our church was not doing good. And at that time, I'd been the pastor of this church for several years. And so I, I got to the end of me and I finally went down and sat down with a counselor. And I met with him like, listen, this is, I'm at the end of me. I don't know what's going on. I've never been here before. And so we sat down and we began to talk. You know, I went into the counselor's office. I was looking for the couch. I'm like, hey, I want to lay down. You know, I don't know. I've seen TV. The guys that have a seat in that chair right there, I said, where's your couch? You know, I felt, I felt like I ripped off. I'd never been. And so I went in and, and so what I want you to know is that after about going about three or four sessions, he told me in the beginning, Jeff, we're going to get to the root of your problem. We'll get to the root of it. So after about three or four sessions, he said, I come back in. He said, Jeff, I got good news for you. I said, what is it? He said, I think I know what's going on with you. It's okay. I had my pen. I'm a type A baby. I want to take notes. I want to get well. He said, I think this is it. He said, Jeff, you don't trust anybody. And you don't even trust God. You know what? I did what many of you do when I preach a sermon you don't like. I'm going to get me another church. Because that's exactly what I said. I said, heck no, I'm getting out of here. Man, what do you mean I don't trust God? I've dedicated my life to God. Every morning I get up at 530, I pray, read my Bible, I give my tithe, I help people all the time. I don't know anything else I can do to say I trust God. He said, well, I'm telling you, you might do all those things, but you don't trust God. mad closed up my notebook walked out of there and said see ya <laughs> and the next morning I got up I realized he was right I didn't trust God and here's why when I was six years old 
I was awakened one morning by my mother screaming my name. And we lived in a little bitty old house. And I remember rolling off that bunk bed and running into that little living room and there she was over my brother. She had her knees on his shoulders and a spoon stuck in his mouth and he was convulsing. He was, he was a year older than me. He was seven years old. And she screamed, Jeff, go help the neighbor because we didn't have a phone in our house. We didn't have a car. And I ran to the neighbor's house and I got the neighbors. And they come down there and they took my brother to the hospital he died he died and all of those years I had that in my heart if he let my brother die then he'd kill me too and I'm ashamed to say this I'm embarrassed to say this but from the time I was six years old till I was 39 years old, I'd been pastoring his church, preaching about heaven, telling how great heaven is, but I was afraid that God was going to take my life. I was scared of death. I was anxious all the time. But that day, after meeting that counselor and hearing what he had to say and being mad about what he said, I did like Naaman. I said, forget you, sir. But the next morning, I did what Naaman did too. I turned back toward God. And I went to the place I always prayed. I got on my knees. And let me tell you something. I can tell you the day that this began to happen. This began to go away. As I got on my knees, I said, God, I forgive you. This may not make sense to you. God, remember, say, this may not make sense to you, but I forgive you. I don't know why you took my brother, God. But Lord, today, I'm going to tell you, you can have my life anytime you want it because I trust you with your plan with my life. And let me tell you, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it wasn't like, God, no, it's, I'm scared. When I'm saying this, I'm shaking because I think he's probably going to do it. I'm scared. I, like I said, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this. I was scared to death that, of that prayer. And I had to keep praying that prayer every morning until finally it finally from my heart it began to flow and what it did what was amazing happened was this is that every day I prayed that prayer a little bit more of this would go away a little more of this every day every day I began to pray and over time over time all of a sudden this went away my healing that I needed for my family and my relationship with my wife in this church had nothing to do with them it had everything to do with God and the moment that I released that and began to continue to release that and begin to trust God all of a sudden everything with Rhonda began to get better everything with my children began to get better everything in our church began to get our church began to grow and my issue the whole time was that that I wouldn't trust God with hundred percent because I was afraid of him and this last verse I want to share with you. The last verse, look what it says. 1 John 4 and 18. There is no fear in what, everybody? But perfect love does what? 
And what I found out was, is I was letting fear drive out the love of God. I couldn't love my wife properly. I couldn't love my children properly. I couldn't love my church properly because fear was driving out love. But once I said, God, today I trust you with everything. I'm giving all to you. I forgive you. I release the feelings of, of hurt. God, I re release the feelings, oh God, of anger and disappointment. I release it and I trust you at all. Then all of a sudden, love came dry, flowing in and began to flow in. And all of a sudden, the fear began to go out. And I'm not afraid anymore. God, you can take me today. I'm ready, God. It doesn't matter. I'm not afraid. I begin to understand what Martin Luther King Jr. said. A man's not ready to live until he's ready to die. And I'm like, God, I'm ready, Lord. You have me anytime. I'm your man. And all of a sudden, it's just like through the years, God has grown my faith. And love has healed when I released. And look, let's go back to that little girl. Wonder what her life was like after Naaman got home and he was healed. Do you think that she was a slave anymore? I don't. I think whatever that young lady wanted, her, she got her desires. I think she got sent back to her family or maybe her family was brought to her. I think that healing happened in her as well. I would like for you to stand with me. This is going to be one of the most life-changing moments of your life. Because today you've got to be honest. What is it? That divorce that happened, you're still a little aggravated mad at God. That person that passed away in your family, you're still, you still got it. Why? whatever that happened to you and you're holding on to that and you will never be the complete person that God's called you to be until you release it you got to take a step toward God and so today I bared my soul to you that you would take a step today I don't have a recliner that you can kneel in front of, but what I've got is an altar here today that says I'm just taking a step toward God and only you and God need to know what you're coming for. But today I'm gonna to ask you as they begin to sing, why don't you take a step out from where you are and won't you just take a step toward God and today determine that I'm going to release this resentment, I'm gonna release this disappointment, I'm gonna release this hurt today and I'm gonna be free. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.